Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Henninger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the At Odds Podcast. Welcome back. We have a terrific show in store for you guys tonight. Uh, we'll be talking coaching decisions that pissed you the fuck off. We'll be talking steroids in sports. We're talking marijuana in sports. And, of course, we'll be taking all of your phone calls all night long. The call-in number is 347-850-8386. And, of course, we also have a live chat room for those interested. So, without further ado, let's bring in my silky smooth co-host, Brandon Sharples. How you doing tonight, man? What's up, guys? This is your handsome co-host, Brandon Sharples. Uh, not much, Brian. Just coming off the Father's Day weekend. Shout out to all those Father's Day uh, fathers out there. You know, I just basically chilled out with the kiddos. Apparently, I was I was bought a grill. Desiree supposedly bought me a grill that I won't see for a couple more days. So start grilling some ribs and shit like that. Um, other than that, man, not too much. What's been going on with you? Any like gross ties? I didn't get shit for Father's Day. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> uh, Braxton Brooklyn's mom doesn't like me very much, so she didn't get me anything. So Desiree was the only one that got me anything, but it was – I didn't see it. <laughs> Supposedly she ordered it for me. The secret is to get more baby mamas so that I can get more, more shit. <laughs> no, no. You only want one. <laughs> Try to go for one. I, Yeah. <laughs> get one that likes you. <laughs> yeah, one that likes me. Yeah, She actually – I don't even know if she likes me that much. I think she tolerates me and just kind of likes my company because I'm funny. There you go. <laughs> I'm not even uh, I, I think I forgot it. to mention that I am Brian Hemminger as well. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to get that one out there. In case people <laughs> – No, you don't have a name. Yeah. <laughs> the nameless one. Yeah, the nameless one. He's he's the proper speaking one. <laughs> you should have got – Did any other you know go on this past week for you? Oh, not really, man. Drank some good beer. Fucking, uh, well, oh yeah, I went down to my nephew's graduation party. Played some cornhole. I'm horrible at cornhole, by the way. I could throw a football fucking 25 yards into a, a tiny little window, but I can't fucking throw a goddamn bean sack 20 feet into a hole on a board. It doesn't make any sense. All right, I have I have a strategy in cornhole that no one else uses. Uh, Backspin. You know, everybody else, they toss it, like, kind of sideways a little bit, like with a little spinning action, like a Frisbee. Yeah. A little bit. I do it straight up and down and then throw it, like, kind of holding 
the top of the the bag and yeah. then let it loose and it spins backwards so that as long as I throw it in the right spot, it just sticks. It doesn't slide. Yeah, I don't, so like, I don't, I can get, I get like it. four points every time and occasionally it'll fall in the hole. So you're basically boarding everything, huh? Yeah. Cause, oh, dude, cause that would be I just get frustrated because I can throw it on the board every time, but if I throw it with that douchey Frisbee side action, it just slides up the board and off the table. And off off the board, bro. Do you know what? Who catered my nephew's graduation party? This What's is here? for Dominic Lahutsky and Brett Lobb. Fucking Cane's chicken, dude. Ra- raging, raging. They catered, dude. They dude. bought. Yeah, they bought. Right. They bought hundreds of chicken tenders. All those cane <laughs> sauces. Okay, oh Cane's my is God. my fucking jam. Every time I go oh. to Columbus with like Ben Wagner and those guys, we go to Cane's. Yeah. Every year no we go idea. to Rock on the Range, we go to Canes at least twice. So <laughs> I know, it is I was our, our one-stop shop for delicious food. And they're always open late, so like we go there after like watching the headliner, and it's like 1 in the morning. Canes is still open, and they're delivering or, and they're <laughs> giving you some good shit. Oh, man. So like I walked, I walked into my sister's house. I was like – I was a little bit late to it. And uh, everybody's in the house, and they're outside, and I walk in, and everybody's looking at us. Like, as soon as I saw that it was Cane's, and I saw the cane sauce, I go, holy fuck, you had Cane's cater this? Everybody's like, yeah. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like going, I'm going off, dude. I'm yelling, I'm screaming, I was happy as hell. That's like my favorite <laughs> shit in the whole world. Dude, when I moved away from Tucson, they got a Cane's chicken. They're the Cane's in Tucson. Oh, man. Yeah, so I was like, oh, really? I move away, and six months later, there's a fucking Canes built <laughs> right down where I would be all the time. So I was pretty excited. Dude, the first time I ever ate Canes, me and Brian went and visited Wes Bergman down in, in uh, mm-hmm. Columbus down at Ohio State when Wes was going to school down at Ohio State, and we were drunk. <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't know we were going there, but we walked in, and Wes was like, oh, this shit's awesome. You got to get the Caniac. The Caniac's yep. like the huge meal. Always. Like six strips. You got to get, like, get an yeah. extra piece of Texas toast instead of coleslaw, too. I do. That's what I do. I get two pieces of Texas toast. That's like it comes with fries, and the, I get like give me give me an extra sauce because the cane sauce yep. is amazing. So the first time I had it, I was fucking addicted ever since. I'm like addicted to this shit. I'm telling you what, if oh, that thing, it's, it's, it's yeah. If you've never had it, you have to have it. It's. I went with uh, this year for Rock on the Range. JC brought his buddy from Indiana. And we stopped at Cane's, and that dude would not stop ranting and raving about how amazing Cane's was for the next 24 hours. Dude, Lob <laughs> is like, Lob and Down are always like, oh, that's a shit. It's a fucking shitty chicken. The only thing that's good is the sauce. I'm like, you guys oh, are fuck haters. those guys, man. The chicken's <laughs> delicious, too. Oh, my God. Everything. Their Texas toast is amazing. I want Lob to call in and talk to us about Cane's. We should get him to call in. It uh, doesn't look Love. like he's in the chat room yet, so we can we can get his opinion later. Unless oh, if yeah. you want to get a hold of him. So, uh, yeah, not not a lot went on for me this past weekend. Obviously, I don't have anything going on on Father's Day, but uh, we had uh, JC's birthday this past weekend, my little brother. So, um, had a big had some beer pong on Friday night at my cousin's house, and then. I was a little bitch. JC went to the bar on Saturday night, and I didn't go. I was, Why not? I was tired. I was tired. 
Yeah, gotta get the <laughs> ladies put on put on one of those Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> go Dude, go there. Hawaiian shirts work, there, man. <laughs> My party shirts. <laughs> oh yeah. I have like hey, shout out. Now. Hey, shout out to the to the late Marvin Hemminger though. Your your pops, man. He's oh, out he there. Was, he's a good fucking dude, man. Oh yeah. If anybody knows Brian's dad, he's awesome. Awesome man. Like he so, uh, uh he, he always had those fucking like baseball games. Like he always had like some way to make like fun competitions out of everything. So. Oh yeah. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I think uh, oh, yeah. it, it's about time. We talk about our first topic for today's show, and that topic is coaching pet peeves. This can be any sport, but it just has to be something that maybe your favorite team did. The coach, the manager, the whatever, the dude in charge of the team did that pissed or does that pisses you the fuck off. Now, for me, uh, this has been a recurring theme. Now, I love Terry Francona. I think he's one of the best managers in baseball. He's revolutionized bullpen usage in, in baseball. But there's one thing that he still does that drives me goddamn batty, and it's <laughs> sacrifice bunting. I think it is the stupidest shit in the history of the sport. Think about this, okay? Last night, Indians are in a tie game, 5-5, the seventh inning. It's not the ninth inning. It's the seventh inning. Indians have runners on first and second. Nobody out. The pitcher is clearly struggling. Uh, he walked a guy and gave he either walked two or walked a guy and gave up a hit. He's struggling to hit the zone. So what do you do? You send up Lonnie Chisenhall, who has been one of our hottest hitters over the last month, and he sacrificed bunts the first pitch to the third baseman, runners to second and third. <laughs> One out. Oh, man. So what do they do? They intentionally walk Carlos Santana to load the bases, and then Jan Gomes strikes out in three pitches, and Bradley Zimmer grounds out. Jesus what did you Christ. think was going to happen? Okay. The, the odds of you scoring – you already had a runner in scoring position. Why did you need to give them an out when the pitcher is struggling? <laughs> it just – Fucking makes me so infuriated. I think sacrifice bunting is the dumbest. There is one time that you ever sacrifice bunt, okay? It's when the game's tied, you're in like the ninth or extra innings, and you get the leadoff guy on first base, okay? And you want to get him to second. (laughs) And then that's it. That's it. When you only need one run at most, in a desperate situation where you can take the lead and that's it. You don't do it in the seventh inning. You don't, in Indians have been sacrificed bunting in the first inning. I, they looked up the stats. Uh, Indians, I think have sacrificed bunted 32 more times than any other team in the American league over the last four years with like that many good hitters on their team. <laughs> it, it just, it pisses me off so much. And the worst part is, it's our good hitter sacrificing bunny. It's fucking Lonnie Chisenhall sacrifice bunny. It's Lindor sacrifice bunny. Mm. Right. <laughs> That's my first. That's my first rant. And it's on <laughs> sacrifice bunny in baseball. What 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 what's got you pissed off? Fucking the Rangers, man, and their decision making in the bullpen. So the Rangers are thirty five and thirty five right now. And 
I, I believe we have nine or ten blown saves this year. And Bannister had some sort of love affair with Sam Dyson and kept throwing his ass out there. At one point, his ERA was like sitting at like 47. They ended up dropping his ass. He actually plays for the Giants now. I think you know that. And uh, his ERA at this point right now is like 10 and a half. And they kept, they kept throwing him out to close out games. So we're sitting at 500 right now. We should be 10 games over 500. It's ridiculous. Well, in, in his defense, I mean, wasn't Dyson really good last year? Okay, he's like a setup man. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I like, didn't really he care. He just for completely him. lost it, though. I mean, he should have. He should have. I, I think the the pet peeve for me with that situation is a coach having too much faith in a player. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. At some point, the <laughs> results have to speak for themselves, and you have to give he up went, on the guy. He went you know? one in five. He went one in five with us, and then mm-hmm. and he was still throwing him out there. Like at one, what point after a second or third blown save, what would or or he'd come bring he started to bring him in at the eighth and he's throwing Bush out there as a closer. He started throwing him in at the eighth and he was blowing leads and shit. Like it was like to the point where like you had to have like a four or five run lead. I'm not even exaggerating that to to throw this dude in to, to get a, to get a couple outs. And Bannister just loved this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm telling you from like May. There was like a week in May going into June where he gave up five runs, three runs, three runs, and four runs in like a week span. And that's that's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're talking about coaching decisions for your favorite teams that pissed you the fuck off. Uh, we got Brett Lobb in the chat room. So, Brett, if you want to call in and talk about Ohio State's Thad Mata, who was recently replaced, I'm sure he did some stuff that pissed you the fuck off. Uh, For me, let's go back to it. Um, It's got to be timeout usage in football, all right? It's not like basketball where they get, like, 12 timeouts per half, and then they can just blow one uh, because the other team scored five points in a row just to to halt the momentum. That's not how it works in football. You get three timeouts, and you know what I think you should use those three timeouts for? the end of the game when you're trying to score in the last minute to take the lead or tie the game. That's it. That's the only time you should ever use timeouts ever. There is nothing that pisses me off more than a a first and 10 situation. The clocks, the play clocks running down and they call a timeout to avoid the five yard penalty. Be a man, take your five yard penalty and fucking get get the 15 yards. Quit being a gigantic sloppy pussy, all right? Hey, well you get my God, that that pisses me off. Horrific timeout usage. Like I watched the Browns like 2 years ago. I think it was before the Hugh Jackson era. It was Mike Pettin. The Browns blew two timeouts in the third quarter because they were going to get a penalty. And then uh and then the end of the game, they had one timeout, and they didn't. They ran out of time. They had they had to rush, and they weren't able to get anything going. Oh, I bet the timeout would have been really helpful right there instead of the five yard penalty <laughs> you would have taken. And well, the other thing the, is, when you call the timeout to avoid that play clock going out, and then the play clock goes out the next play, how much time do you need to get the playoff? Jesus Christ! 
So, okay. Well, that's, that's a sloppy. That's, that's my mini rant on, on that's, that's, a, that's a, Yeah, well, that's a situational like, – because if if you are trying to get a critical first down, like say you you guys are down 10, it's kind of like late in third, maybe early fourth, and you have a third and four, you don't want to have to get go get backed up into a third and five. Or a third and That's nine. That you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm talking about guys that completely no reason. You can, you can afford five yards. I'm talking about those situations. And then you blow a timeout. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that. That's not, there's a lot of things about the NFL that I think is ridiculous. Like my, for me in this situation, I can't fucking stand it how, how pussy coaches are. They punt too much. Mm-hmm. They punt way too much. If I, I'm telling you what, if I'm coaching, it's fourth and two or better, and I'm over the 50-yard line, I'm never punting, ever, ever. Matter of fact, there's only one situation where I would punt, and that's if there's 35 seconds left on the clock and you're in, and a field goal will fuck you, and you need to pin them down late. That's about it. That's To me, that's the mm-hmm. only justification for punting in situations like that. I would never punt. Mathematically, the math tells you that you should go for it. Especially in fourth and one, there should be no reason to punt. If you're near the 50 yard line, there's no reason to punt. And another thing that the the tie into that is when they get into these fourth and one, fourth and two situations, they line up in the most predictable fucking smash mouth. Let's go against their line, line for line. Like, why do you got to do that? All you're all you're doing is you're hoping that your fucking running back could sneak through the fat ass line with all those dudes getting bunched in the middle and hopefully he can plow through. Fuck that. I don't understand why they don't spread the goddamn line out and basically put them in a spread formation almost every goddamn time. You can still hand the ball out, but you know what? You're giving your quarterback, you're giving your team multiple options at that point. The quarterback can bootleg if they wanted to. They can call all, any audible he wants. There's screens, there's fucking stretch plays, there's counter plays. They can do anything they want to do. Why do you got to bunch the entire team at the line and smash it fucking six inches when you can just spread the fucking team out? And literally, I don't understand how that's not – how is that not the you know go-to play? What do you think about that? Oh, no, no. I, I, I completely understand why – you want to give them options. Like, the thing that pisses me off is when they – are all bunched up on the line, and then there's a clearly an obvious tight end on the edge, and everybody on the defense just bunches in trying to stop the run, and they let the tight end get the easiest touchdown in history. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all about deception. It makes everything so much easier if you can not make it obvious what you're trying to do. So we do have a phone call, on the, a caller on the line, uh, Brett from Columbus, a uh, third-time caller, long-time listener, uh, Brett. What, what's what's pissing you off in the world of sports? Is this a? Am I a regular caller now? Is that is well, that third time? I, I guess you're 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 our most regular, I think, at this point. Uh, yeah. I'll, since you brought it up, I'll talk about uh, Ohio State basketball. Uh, you know, we were talking. I brought this up uh, in the last March Madness, where uh, Thad Mata missed. Uh, any sort of tournament, uh, you know, we didn't even make it into some of the lower ranking uh, tournaments because we were so bad. Um, <laughs> the thing that pissed me off is the fact that uh, we had a consensus top five uh, recruiting class in 2015, and 
we had, what, five recruits, and every single one of those recruits has transferred because I think just management with the team in general, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in the in the world of one and dones and all that good stuff, I think uh, with them not being so good, they need to give some of those young guys some uh, – some playing time to keep them around and uh I think we would have been a much better team had we uh had some of those younger guys actually play and uh I think you know Ohio State finally knew that a change was in order and kind of forced that out but I mean I wish that I could uh get paid the rest of my contract and make millions of dollars to not coach I think it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> and you know, you know what I think what it was with, with Mata you know what I think what it was with Mato was, like, he came out so good with Ohio State, you know, the Fad Five. Um, He's been coaching you know, on his success for years, though. I know, I know. You know that. But here's, here's one thing that happened with him. It wasn't just that he was coasting on his success. I think part of it also was he had horrific, like, pain issues uh, with his feet and with his back. And I yeah, think that he and stuff from his and I th- yeah, and, and I think that, that he let that become a huge distraction, and that became a lot of his focus was worrying about himself more than the team. He should have stepped down when that became a distraction in the first place, and yeah, instead you he know just what? tried to soldier on and suck it up for the team when he clearly wasn't able to perform at his best. Uh, so. I mean, he, he couldn't recruit like he wanted to. He couldn't do anything like he really probably wanted to. So he needed to step down probably three years ago when it started really getting bad. I just want to know what's going on behind the scenes, like whether some of those people were being forced out, some of those players yeah. were being forced out, or whether they were leaving just because, you know, his coaching style, whether he lost focus or, or what it is, but – yeah, I, I definitely feel like he lost focus with with all the pain issues he was going through. Who knows? Maybe. I, he, I, yeah. Do you guys Do you there's guys know all, what, all I, what of, I uh, theories out there? Hey, do you guys know what I what I think about when I think about Ohio State basketball? Uh, you probably don't give a fuck. Hey, they've had some good teams that made it to the Final Four. And and the final. Here's what Florida beat them, and so they beat the Florida Dominant. They are more dominant. Better than the Gators. <laughs> Who the fuck yeah. is that gremlin? <laughs> um, no, but obviously with the new coach, um, we, he kind of hit the ground running. He got uh, Kyle Young, who was originally a Butler commit uh, and signed with Butler. He uh, he switched over and a few days ago ended up signing with the Buckeyes, which was great. I was super pumped. And then today they lost a commitment from a kid that literally committed, I think, in his freshman year or something like that in 2000, what, I don't know what that would be, like 15 don't or matter. 14. He's, he's been around for a long time, and today he just opened things up. So I don't know whether that's a good sign or a bad sign, but I don't know. Something needed to change, and I just think the the whole – 2015 entire recruiting class going off to greener pastures is just alarming. Hey, let's to me, let's think. get a let's let's get away from boring ass fucking college basketball and go. I want you to know 
I want to know your <laughs> opinion on punting. Stop fucking punting. What do you think? Who, me? Yeah, you for it, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It. Stop punting. I mean, I look at I look at some of the games that uh, that some of the big games and and how uh, you know some of the big time coaches Urban Meyer, Nick Craven, all those guys they go for it on fourth down and it's a huge momentum swing and a lot of the times they end up scoring off of those ensuing drives that they convert on and a lot of times if if they don't well. That's why you're relying on your defense, and a lot of the time they you're deep in their territory, anyways, and you just kind of gotta gotta go for it. I mean, especially it's part of the game. Say you're like a like a Wake Forest playing Florida State, and you know you're gonna get your fucking shit kicked in. They're don't not squander, expecting it half the time. Don't don't squander the opportunity when you when you're over in Florida State territory, even if it's the 49 yard line. If you got try to catch them on their yeah, dude, put them put the pressure on them. You get they're, sustained drives. At some point, they're probably letting up on fourth down. You know, they're they're not expecting that half the time. And I mean, shit. Look at uh, look at the Ohio. I mean, I think they had to go to, uh, for it against Michigan. But I mean, you know, that fourth down conversion. It's just like, had they not done that, it's just like that game would have ended right there. I mean, you gotta you gotta go for it half the time and. I don't know. I'm also I'm also a big fan of going for the win. Remember when Michigan went for two to beat two. Ohio State? I think, yeah, I think, I think going for two I, is even more more important sometimes. Yeah, I I everybody bitched when uh, Devin Gardner didn't get the two point conversion and they lost to Ohio State that one year. I but, think it was the right move. No, I, I, no, I, I admired the ball. I admired the ball. Yeah, I would have I would have went for it because like, that, their season was actually shit that year. That was that would have made their year. That would have made the recruiting. It would have done everything for that program if they would have won that. I mean, it, it did a lot anyway, but I think that would have that would have helped and literally off the field, on the field, everything. It would have done everything for that program. Every, was that Brady Hoax last year? I think it was Hoax last year, yeah. And he might have, if he beat Ohio State that year, he might have got another year. If anything, yeah, it would have helped that, the recruiting. Uh, instead, you know? he didn't he didn't convert on that. Uh... On that uh, conversion, and uh, he got fired. So, you know. <laughs> he was getting fired regardless. <laughs> there was only one way to save that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the reason coaches don't like to go for it on those fourth down situations or go for two is because they are afraid of the second guessers of the critics. Because if it goes wrong, they're more worried about what happens if it doesn't work out than they are yeah, about the statistics and the success I think you can say that for rate. play calling in general. Yeah. yeah. Say that for yeah. Play Everybody's way conservative. I mean, um, you're talking about coaches that drive you nuts and stuff. I actually, when I was coming back on our flight a few weeks ago, I was sitting next to Ed Werner, the the old offensive uh, coordinator for Ohio State, and he's he's at Minnesota right now. And I just wanted to like lean over and just like rag on him so bad for his play calling against <laughs> against Clemson, but I didn't have the balls to say anything to him. I just yeah. kept on staring at him the entire flight, and Cassie goes, "Would you quit staring at that guy?" Was he was, was he the offensive coordinator for the Michigan State loss too the year before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just he was a, he was a Brutal. offensive line coach that didn't know what he was. He was like thrown into that position, and he shouldn't have been in that position. I mean, he went to Minnesota and is now like an offensive line coach for them. 
he took a demotion basically just <laughs> to go to a different team. <laughs> to get you know the fuck I mean? out of there. Yeah. Oh shit. That it is was too funny, funny though. Kenny, yeah, like, if, if I had my know? way, I would have a coach never go, never punt unless they're inside their own thirty. Yeah, or at least forty. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, I think yeah. man. I, you, you, some of these kickers can kick, like, dude. You don't want to set yourself up for failure, but I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think like it was, it, yeah, keep them out of field man. goal range if you miss yeah. it. That's about the only thing I, think I, you, I want. Yeah, you, you need to scout their, their field goal kicker. Keep him out of field goal range. But if it's reasonable, you got to go for it. And and I just, I just don't. The math, they even done a ton of math on this, and the math says to go for it. Odds are in your favor that you're going to get that yard and stop smashing it up the fucking middle. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, if I, yeah, a lot of the times it's a yard. And if you're a talented college football team and can't get one yard on a play, then you shouldn't be out on the field. You know what I mean? Like, you just shouldn't. Yeah. Like, they should be able to at least get one yard at 90% of the time. Hey, what do you guys What do you guys think about running up the score? I fucking love it. I don't care what anybody says. If I was a coach, um, I would be the biggest asshole. I'm telling you what, I would go for it all the time. I would I would beat a team 185 to nothing. I don't even give a shit. We're in college football. You better fucking come prepared. Well, do you think do you think in the world of like style points and stuff like that, all that stuff's not supposed to really be matter as much anymore with like the committee and stuff like that? But I mean, I think you have to show your dominance and show why your team is ranked so high. And yeah, I'm not I, I'm not really high on sportsmanship and integrity, so <laughs> go ahead and you know throw them, go ahead and throw two hundred on their ass. The Patriots just <laughs> murdered everyone, and they were running up the score. They were the yeah, one of the most fun it. teams I've ever seen play. I hate the Patriots, oh, yeah. but they were so fun to watch that year because they weren't just beating people. They were humiliating them. And I want to see it. If you can humiliate somebody, humiliate them. I mean, I understand <laughs> you want to take your starters out after a little bit, but that doesn't mean be conservative with your reserves. If your reserves are better than their starters, fucking go at them. Yeah, same here. My my boss is from Boston, and I was telling him, I was like, oh, my God, I just freaking hate the Patriots so much. I was like, they're the like the New York Yankees of football. And he goes, oh, my gosh. And I hate the Yankees so much, so you have no idea how much that, that, that statement just sunk into me, how other people feel about the Patriots. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but they're not I like just, the Yankees because they don't spend that much money. They're just a fucking well-run organization. You know what I mean? Yankees buy. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to win uh, when you cheat, you know. They don't cheat. I'm not even getting into this. They're fucking <laughs> awesome. I don't even care. But for real, though, like, I think that you just need to go at them. You need to keep scoring. You need to just keep putting points on the board. I think it's fucking awesome. And, like, I just don't get the whole, you know, sportsmanship thing. If these kids are playing, they're they're adults, man. They can fucking handle it. They're 20 years old, some of them. They can handle getting their ass kicked. You're talking about a world of participation fees and, you know, place rhythms. You know what I mean? Like, we're raising a culture of pussies who don't really care about running up the score, though. Yeah. Oh, I would. I mean. I would I would definitely be doing that shit on the regular. <laughs> Who's like, fault oh, is that? At the end of the day, is it the coaches? I mean, how do you how do you take your foot off the gas? I mean, if a team is – not a good team, 
I mean, how do you just not score? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think know. the fault is on the loser parents whose loser kids suck. <laughs> and then they're whining because their kids are getting crushed and they yes. feel bad. Yeah. That's the problem. Maybe your kid shouldn't That's be eating boogers and fucking walking with his goddamn pigeon feet trying to play football. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like, and you know what it is? It's, it's not giving these people, these kids proper life lessons because real life, the, the people that are better than you are going to beat the shit out of you at that stuff. And yeah. there's no participation awards in life. Yeah, I mean, if you so, go for a job you need, interview you need to and learn you're not those qualified lessons early. for it, if you go to a job interview and you're not qualified for it, they don't go, oh, well, let me refer you to this other business so you can get a job <laughs> because I feel bad for you. Like, How would you, would you like a week's worth of pay on the house? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me pay you for your time to come in for this yeah. interview. How's that sound? How's $100 sound? <laughs> Is that worth your time? <laughs> Maybe things will work out next time. Maybe they'll stick them in the basement like Milton, fucking <laughs> office base. And then that receive a paycheck. <laughs> it was so funny though on that flight where, you know, I just kept on staring at that Ed Werner and Cassie's like, "How do you even know what like an assistant coach looks like to notice him on a flight next to you?" I was like, <laughs> "That guy's face is ingrained on every Ohio State fan's mind because." He pretty much just ruined our season, <laughs> like, hey, the you, entire <laughs> Brett, were you staring at him like fucking Larry King on South Park? <laughs> I had my arm on the armrest just staring <laughs> at him. <laughs> Brian, I don't know if you know South Park well, but like in the Christopher Reeves episode, Larry King's, like, <laughs> his South Park character is so funny looking. You got to look it up. I've seen that episode with Larry King and Christopher Reeve. I don't remember what he was, why he was looking at him weird. <laughs> I'm now. I remember Christopher Reeve turned Chris. evil. And I want to be called Chris. Chris. And, yeah, that was that was a classic episode. But yeah. Sharples, what's the opposite of Christopher Reeve? <laughs> Chris, I know. Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Oh yeah, Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> I love Too soon? No, never, dude. I think you haven't made it in this world until you become a South Park character. <laughs> like, I honestly, if I ever became famous, I would not care if they made fun of me so bad as long as I was in an episode of South Park. I think that would be they so would. funny. Brandon, oh. guaranteed they would. You're so easy to make fun of. <laughs> I know. I'd have, like, my character would probably have, like, a fucking large toucan nose and fucking good hair. And <laughs> Did you just say good hair? Yeah, I got nice hair. Dude, they're like paper mache characters. They don't like give them stylish hair. <laughs> they wouldn't like give you a faux hawk or some shit. Bullshit! Have All you right. seen the fucking PC principal? <laughs> okay, this is this is a bit off topic, but your Christopher Reeve joke made me think of a really hilarious wheelchair joke. <laughs> you guys are down for those it? Those are always those are always tasteful. This this is super tasteful. You'll like it. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dude's walking through uh, on the beach and he sees a pretty girl in a wheelchair crying and he goes, what's wrong? And she goes, I've never been kissed before. So the guy leans over and kisses her and, and she smiles. Then uh, he comes back the next day, same girls on the beach crying again. And he's like, what's wrong now? And she's like, 
Well, nobody's ever wined me and dined me, taken me out to dinner. And and he goes, all right. So he, he takes her out for a, a meal, gets her drunk, takes her home. And then again, he comes out to the beach the next day. Uh, and she's at the beach crying again. And he goes, now what? And she goes, well, I've, I've never been fucked. So he Can just tell picks the her up the off the wheelchair, throws, throws her, her in, in the water, and goes, and you're, says, fucked you're fucked now. now. Come on. Exactly. Why you got to be a dick, love? Fucking Gilbert Godfrey joke. Get with it. Come on. Okay, fine, whatever. I didn't know Godfrey did it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You have to be an <laughs> asshole. My nature. Hey, I got I got one for you. All right. <laughs> Why was the worst the fast food restaurant in Columbus? Shame. <laughs> uh, he's fucking crazy. Hey, dude. Why come was on. The, listen, I got a good joke. All right, all right, I'm listening. Why was the guitar teacher arrested? Why? For fingering a minor. <laughs> that made me oh, snort. Brutal. <laughs> he says that's brutal. In typical fashion, it has to do with sexual abuse and uh, something with a minor. <laughs> He's in typical fashion. All right, I got, I got a good short one. All right. Um, I don't know if I've told this one or not. All right. A Mormon checks into a hotel with his family, and then he just leans over to the receptionist and goes, hey, is, is the porn disabled? And then the receptionist goes, no, it's just regular porn, you sick fuck. <laughs> How about in our high school when, uh, when Best blocks like, all of the porn websites in the library? Except Diddler's? And- well, except Diddlers, and then for some reason, <laughs> Seth Ryder found out that scatparty.org would get through best. And it was just like these like horrific pictures of girls with like shit all over them. And Seth Ew. Ryder would go, in, would go in there and put it on like 10 to 15 computers and then just leave the library. <laughs> hey. I, do got, I do got another one that's really funny. You want to hear it? All right, of course. Hey, what what do the mafia and pussies have in common? What? One slip of the, one slip of the tongue and you're in deep shit. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, shit! All right, hey, I got I got one last to say. Why does Bill Cosby have a lazy eye? Why? Why? Because he had to keep one eye on the door while he was raping all those girls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, Hemi goes, I got one more disabled joke. <laughs> what's, what's the hardest part? What's the hardest part of eating a vegetable? What? The wheelchair. <laughs> Dude, my God, we're fucking. Good thing we're not in like Fox or anything. Hemi's <laughs> Hemi's looking through his books book of 101 good jokes to have a good time. Let <laughs> me get my disabled joke Rolodex going. Let me go. No, I, 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 I remember right a lot of good disabled jokes. Come on. <laughs> no, you did. Get, get, do you have any good current Terry Shivo material? <laughs> Fucking where's Pat uh, Lockwood? So. <laughs> oh man, I went to a Halloween party in, in uh, college and. And Pat Lockwood was just sitting in a corner with his Terry Shivo mask, just like not moving, just sitting in the corner with like a gown on and a Terry <laughs> Shivo mask. 
Like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> like, I was like, that is so messed up. And then, like, halfway through the night, he finally moves and, like, lifts up his mask. I'm like, holy shit, it's Pat Lockwood. I'm like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dudes. Dudes. Hey, what's the yeah. what's the what's the best part about sex with twenty eight year olds? <laughs> There's twenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one this one might be my Sharples, worst one yet. Sharples, will you tell will you tell what um what your friend said as she left my house a, a few weeks ago? <laughs> Which part? <laughs> when she left and she was like. So do you think that, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we... Have me tell you a joke, and then I'll tell this. All right. Okay. This one's bad, though. All right. This what makes bad. nine out of ten people happy? <laughs> what? Gang rape. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm get a fucking email that we need to cease and this, this, this just... show. <laughs> this just this just turned into like the fucking ad ad joke hour. Yeah, we're gonna make a, a special YouTube section for this one. <laughs> All right, Sharple, tell your tell your story really quick. Yeah, so I brought a girl over to Lobs a week, probably a couple months ago by now. It didn't go well. <laughs> Not on my part, but it just didn't go well. <laughs> Lob, how about you tell the story and tell? This part, from your point of view. Ooh, what like just how what I thought? Yeah, and like how it went the whole time. It went horrible. <laughs> can I say the person's name or no? No, but you can say all the other people's names. <laughs> okay, so the person that Sharples brought had a very unique name, and we got pretty drunk, and so Cassie just kept on calling her the wrong name the entire night because she couldn't remember what the fuck this girl's name was. And so so we decided to go to uh, Condado's Tacos the next day because Sharples just had to get some some uh, some Condado's. So oh, yeah. we ended up going there, and all this girl brought was high heel shoes. <laughs> and uh, so she asked to borrow my wife's flip-flops because she has nothing else to wear. <laughs> and so as we're at the restaurant... Uh, Sharples proceeds to order tacos to go for his baby mama <laughs> while he has another girl, while he's taking another girl out to eat. He orders tacos for another girl to take to take back. So we uh, Sharples just pretty much telling me how much he he feels like this is so awkward. It was like the biggest mistake ever, and. My wife's like, hey, before you guys leave, Charles, can you tell that girl to give me her my shoes back? Because I think she'll probably just leave with them. So she's, like, packing up the car, and Charles just goes, hey, can you take off the fucking shoes? Cash me them back. <laughs> so she's like, oh, yeah, I was going to. So they pack up and get ready to go. And Charles the entire weekend is telling me how – he thinks he's in love with somebody else, and he doesn't know how to bring it up. And so they get in the car and leave, and then Sharples, I'll let you take it from there. So obviously, it was kind of weird, like the whole second day, 
it was like pretty quiet into the taco place and all that shit. And it was like an obvious, like an obviously this was not working out type situation. And so I got Des some tacos to go. I knew she liked tacos and I was like, oh, but I didn't tell anybody she's that. She's half, half Mexican. That's racist. <laughs> she loves tacos. And I wanted her to have some candadas. So I, I, I just surprised her with candadas, but I text Lob and he didn't even get the text out later on the day. I wanted him to get it there, but I ordered these these set, uh, set of tacos for Dez, and I'm like, I text him, I'm like, yeah, these are for Dez. <laughs> he goes, I'm not a fat ass, and uh, but anyway, we get in the car, and I thought this was kind of like an obviously shitty weekend, so <laughs> like, can I tell you the the person drove from St. Louis. To come hang out with Sharples for the weekend, too, oh, mind dude, you. Dude, put it this way. I like the girl. We've been friends for a long time. I really do care about her. Like, she's a really good person. It just didn't work out between us. So I want to throw that out there to the audience. Like, she's not a piece of shit or anything. She's very pretty, and she's nice. But, like, it just didn't work out for us. We're not on the same page. But anyways, so back to the story. I'm driving home, and I'm like, man, how the fuck am I going to break this? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure it out. So... I can. I thought it was like for sure. Like she just realized it wasn't wasn't going well, and she's like, <laughs> I can't stop smiling. She's like, all of a sudden she just looked at me and she's kind of like got like this cute little face on. She's like, so. <laughs> she's like, so. Do you think your friends like me? <laughs> what the fuck? She's like, that was the whole idea, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, nice. I was like, yeah, I think they did. But I was like, I gotta talk to you. <laughs> I gotta tell you something. And then I was like, this isn't really working out. I'm sort of, kind of, have feelings for somebody else. And I was like, we went to this huge fucking conversation, and I basically had to drive another hour and a half with her crying. <laughs> like, it was a horrible. She cried situation. the entire way home. And Pretty much. You said. She said, I don't know how she would, you know, she didn't get the right idea. Dude, it's because you fucking slept with her the night before. Like, how would she not get that idea? You're like, well, I don't know. I was really drunk, so I don't know. That probably just doesn't even count. <laughs> Dude, I just that never happened. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's okay. In the same bed, I should say. Hold on. Hold on one second. Wow. So anyways, I'm laughing. I'm texting. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely did not bang her. But anyway, um, well, that's what I said. In the same bed, you just like slept in the same bed. Yeah. But there we go. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. But anyway, so that so, that that was. Do you think your friends like me? I was like, so, oh, it was crying. <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking crazy topic. But yeah, we ended up having to break the news. But yeah, she's cool, man. She just, she just is what she is. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least you were a man about it. Told her to her face. Just oh, I had to tell alone. her, dude. I'm gonna tell you what, this girl. If you don't tell her, like, you have to be unreasonably mean and blunt, or else this fucking shit will not. Get ingrained into the brain, so I had to, I had to tell the honest to God truth in the meanest way possible, pretty much. 
Have you ever broken up with anybody via text message? Yeah. No. Have you not. Really? Yeah, I, I divorced Bianca. I, I divorced Bianca through a text message. <laughs> I want a divorce, bitch. Get out. <laughs> Brian, what about you? I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I did once. I did once. Did you really? Wait, yeah, didn't you break up with the Well, Indian I also kid? talked to him on the phone and then met afterwards. But, yeah, it initially was through text message. Hey, Brian, do we get any other callers? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, cool. I've been checking in and out periodically. I just had but, a couple yeah. people message. I dated this. I dated that Indian chick that lived like an hour and a half away from me. And, uh, like, I didn't, like... Things didn't end well the last time we saw each other, and then she went home, and then I just didn't talk to her for, like, four days, <laughs> and then she was like, is everything okay? And I was like, uh, no, I want to break up. <laughs> I just remember after Beer Olympics, you being super hammered, and we're, dro- we're walking somewhere, and just hammering, you're going, dude, you have no idea. Indian chicks are fucking crazy in the sack. They are so <laughs> freaky. <laughs> like, like it has to do with their ethnicity or something like that. Like, no girl could just be, like, crazy in the sack. It just well, it's Indian specific. Well, they did invent the Kama Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> dude. No, dude, she really so they is got, the Like, every, every Indian, like, knows all that shit at birth. Oh, you're Indians? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, shit. Anyway. Oh, all right. Hey, I just got a text message from my ex-wife, and she sent me a picture of my daughter who got a new haircut. Now she has bangs. So, Lob, you can tell your wife that Bianca cut bangs onto my daughter. I'll be sure to do that. Well, because she Is that your ex-wife that you broke up with? Are you divorced through a text message? <laughs> I didn't do that. I divorced her by fucking taking her to court and yelling at her. <laughs> that so, went all right. Well. That went well. Hey, so we're going to get into – hey, Lobby, you can just stay on the phone. <laughs> you want to be like our co-host <laughs> today? Okay, sure. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, topic number two, now that we're done with all our uh, Sharples women trouble and disabled <laughs> porn jokes – um, That's a never-ending subject. Yeah, I've got more, but we'll uh, we'll save those for another day because there's always. I was talking about Sharples disappointing women. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that too. Which is always. Um, Keep going. <laughs> anyway, so we're moving on to the next topic, which is steroids. We want to get everybody's opinion on steroids and sports. Um, I mean, obviously, it is a taboo subject. Uh, with you know stringent drug testing in every major sport, but I want to I want to get people's thoughts on it because uh, there are situations where I think steroids are perfectly fine. Like for me, if your sport doesn't involve inflicting punishment on another human being, why not take steroids? You know, oh, like, yeah. why not test the limits of the what humans are capable of? Uh, so obviously I am super against steroids in cage fighting, UFC, in boxing, in football, uh, because I mean, they're killing each other out there already and that would just make it way, way worse. 
But like baseball, what's so bad about hitting the baseball a little bit further or driving a golf ball or bowling a little harder? (laughs) Here's the thing. I think that they should have stats like pre-steroid era and after steroid era. That's fine. Because like, that's fine. It's almost like, it's almost like, um, like back in the day, like nobody took steroids, but now I feel like people almost have to in order to like level the playing field, you know, like, okay, well, if everybody's like, like they keep the drug samples now for years so that they can retest them again, like five years later, once the testing has caught up to what the people are currently taking. Fuck that. Fuck that. That's bullshit. (laughs) So annoying. I love steroids. Fuck, I don't even care. The best, the best, the only thing to ever say is they love steroids. Well, I do because when I was a kid, the best, Fourth season I've ever been through. Period is when McGuire and Sosa were chasing yeah. Maris that for saved, the home run record. That saved baseball. It captivated like, the whole country. My, for that strike. Yeah. My my dad, who doesn't give a fuck about sports, was even checking the news every night and reading the paper and all that shit. You know, this is pre-internet, basically, like pre like everybody getting on the internet. And you know, you had to check the sports center and you had to check the paper and see if you know they hit a home run. And I remember we were watching McGuire hit. And break the record when he when he knocked that one barely over the le- left field wall. I remember my whole family was watching that together, and that was like a countrywide thing. It was all about sports, you know, like at that year, and it was all it was all steroid fueled. And I I think I baseball looking got, at I love looking yeah. at old baseball cards from like year to year, and you have like Mark McGuire who's like a skinny little shit, and then one year he's just ripped as shit. And Man, him and Canseco. <laughs> yeah, Jose Canseco. <laughs> And that's the thing about steroid use, too. Like, what do you think about, like, Jose Canseco calling out other people, like, for their steroid use? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, that's kind of shady. He, he did that he, for a he, buck. He got paid for it. That's why he did it. That, yeah. dude, that dude will do anything for a buck. He um, did celebrity boxing and, uh, like, what he, else? He fought MMA did? over in, like, Japan. Yeah, yeah. against a seven-foot Chinese dude. <laughs> two man choy. Two man choy. Yeah. <laughs> Got fucked up. Yeah, you no, did. Like, I think uh, I think steroids. No, I, I even, it wasn't better. such a steroids. Like back in like the seventies, like all the baseball players were hopped up on amphetamines so that they could uh, get through the games. Uh, those super yeah. long games. And think about this: they're they're giving shit to like Clemens and stuff because his name was brought up for the steroids, and he's like not even in the Hall of Fame right now, which is fucking atrocious. But you got pitchers. Way back in the day, this is before they outlawed like fucking pine tar throwing shit on the baseball. You know what I mean? All kinds of manipulation on the ball. I mean, it's ridiculous. Or like, like athletes like Albert Bell corking their bats and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Just like people are gonna find advantages no matter what. I feel like. Yeah. Just what do you want to give do? them an edge? Do you want to watch baseball where you got a fucking jack dude hitting 45 to 50 homers a, a, a year and not, and not be league wide, or do you want to go back to fucking that five foot eight? 145-pound shortstop fucking hitting one every two years. Ground ball to third. That makes the seventh ground ball to third in a row. (laughs) Yeah. Like, still tied 0-0, bottom of the 16th inning. (laughs) Yeah, you want a a fucking home run title in 1910 with seven home runs? You're fucking awesome. Congratulations. But do you think it, like, tarnishes, like, the, the legacy of some of the greats in, like, their respective sports, though? 
Not for me. I would I would put all of them in. I'd put Bonds in tomorrow. It's different eras. It's different eras. Like there's so much mad respect I have for Babe Ruth blasting sixty home runs when they would use like the same baseball the entire game. That thing would be beat to shit by the ninth inning and he's still cranking home runs, you know? So I mean it's just a whole different era. I just think it's funny, like in a in an age of steroids and everything like that, like we still have pitchers who can, like back in the day, people would pitch complete games, and now like people are taken out after two and a half innings. Like people can't even pitch an entire game anymore. Though, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it's just like it cheapens the game to a certain extent, but it also makes it more exciting to watch. In the same, on the same hand, you know. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I get yeah. I get both sides, but for me, I like I like the steroid era. I was talking to my to my coworker Mick, and he was the same way. He's like, I like the steroid era because think about this, especially with baseball. I get Brian what you're talking about with like boxing and shit. That's different. I I, I agree with you on that point. But with like baseball, even football, like when we watch sports, they're almost like another tier of human being to us. You know what I mean? They're there to entertain us. We think of them as almost like superhero, folk hero type guys. I don't want to, you know, I like to watch the big guys that like are, you know, doing things that we can't do. It's like, that's the entertainment part of it. If there's a bunch of guys like our size going around hitting, you know, 20 home runs maximum and, you know, you know, either two run game and shit like that. It's just not fun. It's not, it's not the same. It's not as entertaining. I think the steroid era brought way more entertainment to the game where before it was like an entertainment because that's kind of like it was America's pastime, but it started to lose its luster. When steroid came in, that's why that's why the commissioner and everybody they kind of turned a blind eye to that shit because those ratings were up and McGuire and Sosa and and Jeff Bagwell and and Mo Vaughn, all those guys were smashing fifty you know fifty sixty home runs. You know, I thought that I was awesome. An, I think there's another category too that like maybe is kind of brushed over though. Like when thinking about steroid use and, and sports and, and things like that, like obviously professional athletes are getting paid millions of dollars and all that good stuff. But think about like Olympic athletes. Like what do you think about in that realm? Do you think that it should be outlawed in that realm though? Like and how heavily regulated all that stuff is where people are getting their medals taken away and stripped and kind of embarrassed in front of their own, you know, entire country but we're saying it's okay, like in professional sports. You know what I mean? The way way I see it is you can have your, like, heavily regulated, normal, uh, attempted clean uh, Olympics, and then I want to have, like, the super (laughs) special Olympics where anything fucking goes. You can have, like, transsexuals on fucking horse tranquilizers out there, you know, pounding out. Like five hundred pound, uh, you know, barbells and shit. Like, I, I want to see the craziest, freakiest, most ridiculous things that these people are capable of, with like every every drug sounds imaginable like Brian's, shot up in their system. Sounds, sounds like we found Brian's hidden fetish. <laughs> that came okay. way too quick to you, Brian. I took gold medal in the fucking steroid meat dick seven ring toss. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! I threw the javelin 700 yards. No big deal. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, 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 that the way we should do it. The Olympics, 
and then there's the Special Olympics for the retards, and then the oh Super God. Special Olympics for the freaks. That's the way it works. Are you sure you're uh, liberal, Brian? <laughs> yeah, you just... That was like a whole other level of where I thought you were going to go with that. That was like when Brian talked about euthanizing retards. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, though. Like, I go to my gym, and I see these dudes that are, like, clearly on, like, every steroid imaginable. I was telling Jarble this. This guy's in there, and he's on incline bench press, and he's got four plates on each side. And, uh, you know, he's just, like, benching it with ease. And I, like, talk to him. He's like, yeah, I just had shoulder surgery. I haven't uh, I haven't lifted in four months. I actually feel human again. I was like, yeah. he goes, that's, like, the lightest amount of weight I think I've ever lifted, like, that's not, that's usually a warm up for me. Dude's got a humongous scar down his chest where he obviously had some sort of heart surgery. <laughs> it's just like, good god, dude, what are you doing? You're not like competing in any professional sport. Like, why the fuck are you taking steroids and like lifting 500 pounds? Like, yeah, the heart transplant with a fucking horse heart. <laughs> hey I Brian, make make sure, you're mon- make sure you're monitoring them calls just in case. Yeah, we're still good. Yeah. yeah. Since you Lob. were talking about Special Olympics and shit. Yeah. Uh, Steve Majors offered a uh, in the comments, he said, back in the day, people thought cheese was super healthy and they smoked during halftime. <laughs> they used to smoke on airlines. Could you imagine yeah, that? Yeah, I feel like in new planes, they still put, like, ashtrays and shit like that. Like, there hasn't been smoking on an air, airplane for, like, yeah, 30 like years. Like, weld it shut. Thanks <laughs> like, for that. Why do it's probably like it's just, it's just another reminder, like, fuck you. You can't smoke in here. So we're going to put air ashtrays and weld them shut just to tell you that. I don't know. Yeah. See, what's crazy is, like, back in the day, like, when flying was new, it was kind of like like a prestigious thing. Like, people would be like, oh, I'm going to fly today. People would, like, put on suits and dresses and shit, and they'd go fly and smoke and drink martinis up in the sky. <laughs> you know? I'll tell you what, man. Back in the day, it would have been fucking awesome to live. Um, the you only being like a flying greaser? anymore is like international flying to where you can just like have unlimited drinks. They bring you food about every hour and a half and you can watch all the free movies that you want. Like that's the only version of flying anymore that's actually like kind of nice. They just yeah. like herd along. They herd people in like a freaking cattle now. Like we're just all stuffed in there and. No room yeah. on seats. Kind yeah, of and you and you can be like Hemi and get stuffed next to a fucking stinky Asian. <laughs> remember that Hemi? Yeah, that Hemi. Was, that you was could, awful. You could, you could from, remember from Los Angeles all the way back to Detroit. <laughs> stinky Asians. You're funny. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not saying all, right, all Asians like, are stinky, but those Asians it. they were they were really stinky. Well, the thing about the players that, like, have been suspended for, like, steroids, too, there's some pretty prominent players. But a lot of the ones that are getting that are getting busted now are kind of, like, low-level players anyway. So that you really got to think about it. Like, even the, like, fucking fourth starter in the rotation doing steroids these days, or at least, you know, back in the steroid era, it was a very common thing. It wasn't just, like, these prominent players. They were just – they were already so good that when you got them on steroids, they just tore the league apart. You know what I, I mean? Feel like, I feel like half the time anyways, wh- like who's 
whose records have like been stripped just because of steroid use? I feel like I feel like most of the time it's like one word one person's word against another person's word. Like like the Jose Canseco thing, like you say, Oh yeah, he was shooting up steroids, I even did it for him. It's like all that person has to say is like, No, he didn't and how can you prove otherwise? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, well. Well, people, uh, McGuire and Sosa still had the home run records. Uh, now Barry Bonds has the single season and the career home run records. That never got stripped. They're oh, keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. He wasn't on steroids. Oh, he was clearly on steroids. But yeah, uh, they still didn't take those records away from him. The only thing they can do is punish him by not voting him into the Hall of Fame. Well, the thing is, like, people always associate steroids with these big home run hitters. But, dude, like, Nephi Perez. He was suspended two times. What was that, like 2000, like like late 2000s, 2007, 2008, somewhere around there? Remember, he played for the Tigers? He got nailed twice in one year. Nephi Perez is a tiny little shortstop. You know what I mean? He's doing he's doing steroids. It's I feel like, like baseball, a, baseball still shuns Pete Rose, yet, you know, you have everybody and their grandma taking steroids and cheating just in a different way than he did. And yet he's still banned from baseball, like, it's ridiculous. No, I, I agree. They they should freaking – that shit blows my fucking like a, mind it's a that Pete Rose is out. What do you think, Hemi? Do you think Pete Rose should be in? Oh, definitely Pete Rose should be in. Um, I mean, it's great. He's, like, the biggest hustler of all time. Like, they I mean, he was not an athlete. Hustle or something. Was, yeah, I know. He was not an athlete, <laughs> and not, he had the most hits of all time. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of... Here's the pick king. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by a mile, too. Yeah. All right. And that motherfucker would run over anybody who was in his way. If somebody was standing in front of the plate, he would run them the fuck over. He was so badass with that shit. He ended the dude's career in the All-Star game. Yeah. By running, by steamrolling the catcher. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Now that era was awesome too. That was a good era for baseball. But yeah, there's I mean, you, there's a lot of prominent players that have been busted. So, what do you guys think of weed in sports? Yeah, that's our final topic for tonight. Uh, if okay. You, if you think yeah, if you think uh, somebody smoking pots, if you think a guy smoking pots more likely to hit a hundred mile per hour fastball, then fucking good luck. Yeah. <laughs> here's yeah, here's here's my thing. I am all for people in sports using marijuana when they're or smoking marijuana when they're not playing. As long as they're not playing high, that's, I'm totally fine with it. Like they have no problem with these guys, you know, partying and getting wasted after a, a big win. They're freaking dumping champagne and beer all over each other after they clinch the the division and everything. But they can't go smoke a little reefer. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, the guys aren't showing up drunk for the game. As long as they're not showing up high, who gives a flying fuck? But how are you going to regulate that? There's got to be a way that can tell if you're high right now. You know, that's the only problem, is they really don't have, like, a test. Because you can just blow in a breathalyzer and they're like, yeah, he's wasted, you know? There's no, like, easy test. For for weed, 
And and I think that's one of the main things that's been keeping keeping weed down is they can't. If the guy's like carrying around Fritos and Cheetos in his duffel bag, then there's no real way of testing. (laughs) Look, this is my take, man. You keep pumping these players full of opioids and shit in the offseason, even during the season for back pain and knee pain, shoulder pain, whatever. You're 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 pumping them full of oxycotton, oxycodone, all that shit. Yeah. And creating a drug up. Yeah, awful in the NFL. They're awful for you, but and it's Those an epidemic worse. in the NFL. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the whole point. It's it's worse. So why can't they just legalize weed for pain purposes so these players don't have to suck down all that you know oxy all the time? Getting them addicted to pain pills. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I think I think a lot of the times, because um, it's the a NFL, goddamn gateway drug, Brandon. It is a gateway drug. You know, every next thing you know, people in the are going to be smoking pot, and then the next day they're going to be snorting coke, and then they're dead. No, I was I was I was talking about the oxy as being a goddamn gateway <laughs> drug. Every heroin addict in the whole fucking world's been on some sort of pills prior. It's like. You get these players that are addicted to these pills, but you won't let them smoke weed for the pain. It's just because the drug, the pharmaceutical industry, man, they got a lock and all that shit. And, and the, their major, some of their major clients are these sports, uh, you know, sports teams. Basically, NBA, all of them, all the major sports organizations are huge clients for these pharmaceutical companies. That's another reason why they don't legalize that shit. But they should be letting well, these players legalize smoke weed for pain, especially in the off season. Well, and all with all the advancements in like marijuana and pot and all that stuff, they have stuff now to where I mean, it's just pure THC. It's not even like smoking it. It's not. They have a lot of pot that has all of the, you know, health benefits to it, but it doesn't like actually get you like high. It, oh yeah, it'll like the, kind the of just, they give like kids with seizures and stuff. Yeah, it's there's like stuff. I think it's called like Charlotte's Web or something like that. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a it's like a awesome product. Like it helps people. Has amazing packaging. It, it does a lot of good. You can order it online, and they're like drops that you just put under your tongue, and it has all the health benefits of it with none of like the negative effects. Like I think a lot of that stuff. Like I don't know why people don't utilize those things as opposed to just you know, smoking pot yeah. or whatever. Well, why Why can't these players, you know, get beat up all game in the NFL and then go relax in a hot tub and eat a fucking weed brownie? <laughs> you know what I mean? What the I hell? I think it's just like a negative, a negative connotation to it. And there's a negative. So. I mean, I think that's all it is. Like if it's yeah. something like I was talking about, I don't think that there's negative thoughts towards it. So it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but. I mean, when you think of a pothead, like, you think of somebody who's lazy and who, you know, is lethargic and, you know, just doesn't want to do anything. And I think that if you say smoking pot, that's the first thing that comes to people's minds. So I think once you start changing people's thinking about that, it's not going to change. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, I wouldn't know from experience, but weed oil, you smoke it out of a vape, right, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> That's some good stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, not man. me, by the way. Not me. I don't do. <laughs> I don't do drugs. Well, I, do, I do think the thing that, that fucks over <laughs> athletes in about marijuana is the fact that it stays in their system forever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cocaine is out of your system in a day, but weed stays in it for three weeks. 
or more yeah. even, depending. They take so, people's hair. It's like, why the fuck would anybody want to know what drugs somebody took 20 years ago? Like, shit's stupid. Like, wh- why are you going to use that against somebody? Mm-hmm. What are you it's talking like, about? Like, 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 hair, hair samples that's go fucked back over. so far. Yeah, that's fucked hair over Hair samples go back like 90 like, days. Like, UFC fighters. Like, Nick Diaz, that motherfucker has been popped like eight times for for weed in fights, and he's never been high when he was fighting, but he smoked like a month before he fought. The dude loves how weed. About, uh, how about Gordon? Josh Gordon? Yeah. Like, talk oh, about Josh ruining Gordon's a career. Just is horrific. Of, uh, like, yeah. Justin, Justin Blackman. Like, Justin he, Blackman would have been yeah. amazing. Gordon already came into the NFL with a strike because he had drug, like he had weed issue in college. So that already put him on a list. And then he had like the tiniest amount of metabolites and they suspended him. And then he had the tiniest amount of metabolites again. They suspend him again. And then they tell him, you're not even allowed to have any alcohol. So uh, when his, uh, the time that they told him that his suspension was up was over and the season was over, he went and had like a rum and Coke. And then he got called up for a drug test the next day, and then he got suspended for a year again. Like the dude. At that can't point, I don't understand break. how they. But I don't understand how they can do that. Like that's that's within his legal right to drink alcohol. Yeah. And they're basically telling him how to live his life. Like I understand the whole like hot thing, but with that, like I, from what I understand, certain uh, tests came back positive and certain came back negative, and yeah. so they went to like a third test or something like that. And he, like, barely was, like, he barely failed that one or something. So they <laughs> barely failed. <just> spent, <laughs> well, no, like, I mean, there's certain that. levels. There's certain <laughs> levels that they, like, test for. Oh, I know. I know. I'm very familiar. I used to do this shit for a living. I, I was part of the, I, I was in charge of the PP clinic at my pain clinic job that <laughs> I had. The PP clinic? Yeah, dude, I would be in charge of of the urinalysis. I took everybody's piss. I tested it for drugs, and I had it shipped off to the proper lab. It was it. Yeah. This way, gargled it. Dude, I'm gonna tell you what, man. You wouldn't hot. believe you wouldn't believe how many people smoke meth. <laughs> I didn't realize so many meth heads existed until I worked at a pain clinic, and people were trying to get their Ohio, pills and test them. Just go no, to this is Arizona. This is yeah. This is Arizona. Oh yeah, meth is in Arizona. Ohio is all about heroin and opioids. Fucking stupid. Seriously, no. go to Faces of Meth. Hilarious. Well, there's a no. Look, at, I I just said that I don't think that weed should be illegal at all, period, in the country or in sports. But you get to a point where you got to play ball by the rules that you're you're surrounded by, and these players like Blackman and and Gordon, they need to start fucking realizing that they need to, they need to quit that shit for the time being and, and and be more responsible about it because they're costing themselves millions of dollars. Or, you know, they're causing their family. A better life, they're costing themselves a better life. It's just, but it's, like for like sports, is that is that an individual sports rule though? Like like an NFL rule then? Because like think about yeah. the the states where it's legal. Like if it's no, legal, no, it's an NFL rule. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say like you even think about you're talking about legalizing it and stuff like that. It's just you know living in Colorado, it you can go into any corner store, go in there, give me your ID pick out whatever the hell you want and leave. And it's just like going to a quickie mart. Like it's, it's that fast. It's that simple. There's not a lot to it. I mean, I don't do drugs, but I think that 
it takes a lot of the seedy drug dealers off the street. Like, what the fuck are those guys going to do for a living? Actually have to find jobs because they're not needed anymore. Like, I think that's something that people don't really think about. And I don't know. It gets taxed like a mother. So there's income coming in through there. I mean, I think there's a lot of good. And I think, like I said. They're trying to pass legislation for, like, a cultivation plant in No Carver. Yep. Yeah. 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 For, for medical, cool. which is weird that yeah, for medical. like a small little town, like I don't well, know. we got a we got a fucking we got a damn nuclear power plant in that small town. We got a we got a barone a beryllium plant. We got we a got a new Taco Bell. Yeah, Taco <laughs> fucking Bell. I don't even want to know what that intersection is going to look like. But yeah, they were doing that. That shit was uh, they were shipping some stuff off to NASA, I think, for a while out at Brush Wellman. Oh yeah, for so, uh, I mean, some uh, satellites. Uh, yeah, and telescope shit. Like, yeah, gotta be uh, we do have another caller, by the way. Oh, really? Yep. All right, Lob, you're gonna have to go. You can stay. Right. We'll put you on hold. All right. All right. All right. He's back. Nas from Atlanta. What's on your mind, man? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, what's not much. On? I'm I'm catching the conversation late, so forgive me if I sound critical or like I'm, you know, what, whatever about it. But sure. when we say sometimes when we say people don't think about such and such a lot, the reason we say that is because we haven't explored that idea and really realized that not only have people thought about it, they realize that that's not a real viable idea. So like when you say, okay, uh, you shouldn't do drugs. There's, there's bad things going on. It's affecting your life. Why don't you stop doing this? But every bad habit that anybody has, that's the process of it, trying to get it out of your life. And it's, People speak about it like it's an on-off switch, and it's like, no, dude, bad decision-making and whatever habit-forming things you have in your life, uh, it's a process. It, it doesn't just, well, seems like my life would be better if I quit doing this drug. Therefore, I'll quit doing this drug. That's not really how it works, and, and that's all addiction, gambling, drug, like anything you want to think of, that's how it always goes down. Yeah, so when we assume that somebody – exactly. So we assume that somebody because a contract or something is, you know – uh, maybe in the air, if they can get it cleaned up, that they could just fix it. Because no, dude, that, that's why people on Wall Street fail drug tests sometimes. Dude just yeah. gave, gave away a great job, not because he wanted to, but because he has this habit that he can't stop. When that fat running back in Seattle can't stop eating, and people are like <laughs> laughing at him because he's getting this bonus, it's not because it's a simple thing for him. He's a fat guy. He likes to eat going to be tough for him to keep that weight down. You know? So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I think it. we're realistic about this stuff sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, totally I feel you. No, I get it on that. It's like, uh, it, I guess when you get, you know, common people like us that don't see million dollar contracts and we see people blowing it for things that we perceive as an on and off switch, I guess, uh, you know, you're right. You don't really think about, you know, what they're going through. You just think about the money and, and the fame and the things that they're giving up. So I mean I get it I get what you're saying perspective. What do you think? Do you think marijuana is like an addiction that you can't you can't curb for a couple million dollars? No, 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 nothing is just an addiction. Everybody has a different, you know, whatever you want to call it, neuropath and ability to be addicted to something. So marijuana for some people it could be a point to where it's ridiculous and they overindulge, but for other people just a recreational thing and they go about it. Same thing yeah. with harder drugs too, which is the scary part. Because there are some people who could do hard drugs and still live their normal function, taking care of the kids, going to work and everything. And then there are other people where they do those hard drugs. It's, you know, it's just a downward cycle and it's a wrap. So it's different for everybody. 
Yeah, and I'm with you. I think it's also about their the environment. Like a lot of people, they can, you know, I don't think weed's addictive or anything at all, but it's it's not just about that. It's about the people you hang out with too. Like you got friends that you grew up with your whole life and they're all smoking weed, you know, and you're just going to be the one guy, the Debbie Downer that's not doing it. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff has to, to play into it too. Uh, environment, uh, who you're hanging out with. Like it's it's tough sometimes. Like a lot of people when they give up a lot of things, they got to like dump those those old friends because they'll get right back into the bad habits. Yeah, well, and I would say if y'all get a chance, check out Dr. Carl Hart. He's one of the best, uh, you know, drug uh, and, and psychologists, uh, I guess experts you could say on drug drug use and abuse. He, he would be a good person to check out on stuff like this. He has a lot of clips on YouTube, him speaking in front of Congress, that kind of thing. And it, it, a lot of it is people just trying to deal with their trauma. Whatever trauma you've dealt with as a kid or an adult and you're trying to treat it self-medicating-wise, by using these different drugs. So everybody has their own issues they have to deal with. And, you know, we all, co- we all cope in our own way. Uh, most of us, like me right now, is drinking coffee. Some people, man, if they had to go to work without coffee, they'd be the yep. worst performer on that job. Like that, that's their oh, yeah. drug of choice or sugar or, you know, whatever it is that you can't really stop at this point because you haven't gotten the willpower yet. But that's, that's kind of how drugs act. The, the crystal meth mm-hmm. ec- epidemic and opioid epidemic you guys were just talking about is the, oh, great, yeah. it's the great indicator right now. Because what does it tell you? That large suffering, unemployment, and lack of opportunity in rural areas is the same as when it happened in urban areas. So in the 90s, you had crack cocaine. Now you've got opioid addiction. What are the two things that are consistent in this? High unemployment, low risk, I mean, uh, low opportunity, and people feeling hopeless and wanting to kind of soothe their trauma, and they found a way to do it. So it's, it's, it's think, a cycle. What do you think of, like, the – like, did you catch it earlier where we're advocating for it to be legalized, especially in the NFL, for pain use so we don't get everybody hooked on these painkillers? I mean uh, – We're talking about I'm marijuana. Sure yeah, no, I'm talking about I want marijuana to be legalized, yeah. especially – in the in the players unions for all these sports organizations so that we can get these players i'd rather them smoking marijuana getting themselves uh you know with a natural drug in their bodies to ease some pain rather than pumping these you know opioids into them all the time and, and having our players addicted to this shit and that's legal for them but it's illegal to smoke marijuana which i think is atrocious so i i would like to see marijuana be legalized in with by these player associations so that these guys can start having some natural ways of getting that pain reduced yeah as long as they're not playing high. Yeah. Why don't you, yeah. do you think well, it, do you it depends think, on the sport? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It does depend on the sport. I mean, do you think it's a safety issue if they're playing high? Is that well, that's what it is or what? Yeah, I mean, I, football and things like that, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely a risk. And uh, yeah, replay they're probably putting down. themselves more at risk than anybody. So yeah. I, I don't know. But uh, the, the thing he recommends, because I don't want to give my own answer because I don't feel like my answer would be good enough, but he says decriminalize uh, these drugs first and then educate about drugs, their effects, uh, what is abuse, what is recreational use, uh, what are the you know pros and cons, what can really happen to you if you mix any of these things. Like I think that's the biggest thing because if we if we decri- or if we uh, legalize without educating, any bad thing that happens will be blamed on the drug, and then we'll just have this back and forth, uh, you know, really not getting anywhere. For sure. And then I also think you're not really doing 
they need to decriminalize a lot of things when it comes to, the, to drugs. I mean, I think if you're slinging heroin, you should definitely be getting getting some serious jail time. But these drug offenses that are sending sending these inner city kids into the fucking system that are, you know, they're they're doing two three years for you know a pound of weed, or you know they get caught with some pills and they're and they're doing these hard time. I think that you're not you're not attacking the problem. That that's really at stake here. They're just basically shoving people into into a jail cell for three years, and they're coming out, you know, worse. So I, I think the that they need to to kind of take a look at the whole decriminalization of the drug industry, anyways, because you, it, it's that's why our prison population is the highest in the world. That's why you have the inner city inner city kids that are just that have no hope. You're just going to send them off to jail, and then when they get out, what are they going to be? So you're you're gonna you know, you're basically ruining their life by giving them a criminal record. You're giving them felonies for, for shit that a lot of the times that they they were just pretty pretty much forced into. So yeah, well you you take that same dynamic to rural America and you see the same thing going on. Oh right and now their issue going, becomes yeah. they don't even have an advocate or there's not many people speaking about them in a good way. So people are aware now of the opioid epidemic. But are they aware in the form of sympathy? No, they're aware in the form of calling them, you know, uh, different pejoratives. So what does that mean? They're going to start building prisons to throw them in and start throwing the, the time on them. So re- really, we have an economic issue in this country where the, top, the bottom 20 percent doesn't have much opportunity. And we're not exploring different ways to figure out opportunities. So the idea is to give them behavioral drugs when they're young, let them get hooked on other stuff. And then you start throwing them in jail and then you monetize that. So that's where we are. No, that's definitely where we are, and and the, and the and that's where you can't giving these kids these behavioral drugs. A lot of these kids are gifted kids that, that don't fit that, that that cookie cutter system that they're in. You know what I mean? So they they're like, oh well, he's a little bit different, so we need to start putting him on like you know, Ritalin or Ativan, something something to to mellow him out a little bit, not knowing that maybe the kid's got a gift. You know, so it yeah. it's a, it, it, it it's, it's such a web. It, it just it it springs out all up to every aspect of the world pretty much. But the, like you're talking about with the rural, like yeah, you know, right now uh, we're from uh, me and Brian are from actually the same small town in Ohio. And when we were growing up, there was no drug issues whatsoever. Every you know, there's people smoke weed. That's not a big deal to me. Like I have no problem with that. We're we're starting to have a heroin problem in my town, and we're from a small town, man. I'm telling you, and it was it really hits home when you think about it. We had a bunch of uh, drug overdoses deaths in my hometown and we're talking me and brian graduated with like 120 kids that's how small my town is and it went from like a great town that everybody would love to move into we had people come from the city to move to our town just because it was such a safe and nice area and now you you got a big heroin epidemic and a big pill epidemic and it's just sweeping anywhere so no place is safe when it comes to this kind of shit anymore yeah and that was the trouble with trying to moralize this issue. They made it to where drugs was a moral choice, and good people would do this, and bad people would do that and then they tried tried to attach those to the communities. Well, what you find is when those communities face the same economic fallout that others did, you get the same result. So the issue is exactly fixing these communities, making them healthy, and giving them viable options. Otherwise, you know we're just going to do the same thing to white people and then just act like, okay, well, I guess this is fine. More private prisons, more people, you know, hooked on drugs, and then more. This is the other part that people don't get. These rural areas are going to get more violent soon because the trade is going to start to consolidate and people are going to fight over the trade uh, because there's going to be a lot of wealth there. And in situations that are, you know, dire like that, there are going to be some guys who are willing to do a lot to make sure they get a chunk of it. Yeah. 
No, I definitely get what you're saying. That's a great point. That is a great point, actually. Yeah, so scary I, stuff. It is. It is scary stuff, and you know, it, it starts with the education too. They they need to, they need to start pumping some more money into the education systems, you know. And uh, that that was my big point. We'll get to that later. But uh, yeah. no, man, we appreciate you calling in. You call in any yeah, Hopefully, we, I didn't take this. Uh, hopefully, I didn't take this too far. As no, far no, as, no. Like getting on we some sociological no, no. stuff. <laughs> okay. No, no. We, dude, we will we will talk about anything. We'll get as serious as we want. We'll get as joking as we need to be. No, we actually, you're you're, you're definitely one of our favorite callers, man. You can call it any time. Yeah, sports, you're, politics, you're way better than me. Yeah, oh, appreciate it. Do, well, <laughs> well, let me say, Dwight Howard's a bum. How about that? I had oh, that yeah. sports commentary just Good to make written. the call a little better. Real quick before you go, what do you do you think Atlanta do you think they're in rebuilding mode now, huh? They should be. So we'll see. They're talking sign and trade with Millsap, so they should be in rebuild mode, but I don't yeah. know, man. Some of these owners are crazy. Like they they act like their team is really competitive and you're like, dude, just you're just a seven or eight seed. But what what do you want? Yeah, I think rebuild. Atlanta's Stop. I think Atlanta's rebuilding. I think Millsap, they're talking about him possibly going to uh Houston. So Hey, you know, good. we'll go from there. Yeah, good riddance, get, right? Get some assets, man. Get some yep. assets. All right, brother. We'll see you later, man. All right, man. Good night. Bye. All right. That was a good All discussion. All right. Good old Nas from Atlanta. Man, that guy's Nas, Nas is my favorite rapper. My favorite album of all time is Illmatic. <laughs> Remember my poker hand that was named Illmatic? 8-3? I think Illmatic's uh, the greatest album of all time. Lob was super anyway. patient, so I let him back on. What's up, Lob? Hey, hey, yeah, I saw. I think I saw Sharples uh, beat some guy with like pocket aces. He stayed in the entire hand on Illmatic eight three, nothing on the board, and stayed in and won the fucking hand. And the guy was so furious at him, and he was like, "Dude, it was my hand, Illmatic, got to play it." <laughs> like no reasoning whatsoever, except that that was the thing. <laughs> that sounds like Sharples. Yeah, yeah. That guy brought up some great points, though. I mean, oh, he's a, he's an intelligent man. I like when intelligent yeah. people call. I like that. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love he, he called him. Man. He called him before, what? and he had a lot of good shit to say. One thing that Brian said that kind of, I think, stands true is like, the, people got to recognize the people that are, they're that are that they're hanging out with. I mean, one of my college professors always said that like you're the you're the average of the four your four best friends that you hang out with. And if you're hanging out with some pretty shitty dudes, like you're probably going to be a shitty dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to be yeah, aware get, of what happens is you get into, into a situation where like they grew up in a neighborhood that, you know, <clears throat> you know, wasn't, you know, they didn't really have a chance. And one of them makes it playing ball. He's not going to just give up on his friends. You know what I mean? It's kind of a mentality oh, that you have. It's like ballers. Leave people behind. Yeah. 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 But sometimes those guys bring yeah. you down too. No, they do, and I and I and I. It's easy for us to say <clears> that happens know, a lot with that. your friends. A lot, but like, you say, think of your best friend from when you were a kid, and that you still talk to to this day. Like me and you b- grew up together, Brian, and me and me and Lob have been really good friends since junior high. And I'll I have tell you one what. friend who says that he could be a male model if it wasn't for <laughs> his nose. Yeah, that's me. So, anyways, <laughs> like, if I became famous, and like, say I became famous, and Lob fucking got into drugs, I'm just giving him. A random thought here. Uh, if I became famous, I wouldn't just scrap Lob. You know, I'd try to do my best to to, to get him back on 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 track and do what we can. And I'm sure Why that he probably do I got to be the guy that's on drugs. Because Hemi's fucking. He's not doing drugs. 
handle, though. You just have to be the guy in drugs. I'm just saying, if I got famous, it wouldn't be so easy just to say, fuck my friends. You know, that's just me personally. But, uh, you know, I get where these guys are coming from, and they do need to, to limit their I, – I agree with it with the principle of getting rid of the bad eggs in your circle and, and, and growing up. But I'm saying it, it's not as easy as it seems, especially when you truly care about these dudes and you didn't have shit growing up, and these are all – the only thing you had was hanging out with your boys. You know My I mean? thing is is talking about the heroin addiction and in small towns. Like I don't under, I I just don't understand it because name one good thing that you've ever heard from taking heroin. Like you always just hear bad stuff about it. So why would you mm-hmm. why would you even want to try it when you all you hear is people overdosing and dying from it? Like what's the allure of it? Oh, well, like, oh, well, there's, I, well, roll the I think for some and, people it's just their lives are so shitty that that's like the one thing that makes them feel better. But how, but how do you take that I first guess. leap? What's the first I'm, I'm, the I'm f- telling you right now. I'll tell you where you get it. It's this opioid addiction, man. It's These people are getting hooked on pain pills. Yeah, for some, that, that for is some a reason. huge gateway into it. That, that is amazing. That is heroin so much cheaper than getting a refill of your prescription. They, it's damn near 100% of heroin addicts were, were opioid addicted at one point. And what happens is these pills – dude, I worked at a pain clinic. We would have – when people would get these – these pain pills, we would have a way to calculate their street value, and it's expensive. So say you get a 30-milligram oxycodone. That's like a $30 pill. I mean, shit gets expensive. Say you're sucking down two a day. You know, it's $60 a damn day. So heroin, you come into, you get into heroin because it's the same you know, type of high that they're searching for, but it's a little bit it, – it's, you know, it's going to straighten your bloodstream. That shit will fuck you up immediately. It's cheap. Way so cheaper. they're going so, – yep. Yeah, so so and it's curbing that that sick feeling that they get when they don't take the pills, and it's helping them, you know, feel a little bit healthier, even though it's not obviously, but they don't feel them the withdrawal symptoms, and it's just a, basically a cure for their for their what, their ailment, you know. One thing and, uh, I've always been curious about is like, how do you find a heroin dealer? Like, where do you where do you find that guy at? Like, where do people search to find their their dealer? You know what I mean? Yeah, we well, yeah, a lot of in that world environment. Like if you're hanging around with a lot of people that are on pills or on on shit, like some guy knows a guy too. Yeah, where the fuck do they get from? Asking for a friend. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're talking to us, like you know, we haven't yeah, been in this. Situation. We're not. We're you know not the I mean? experts on that subject. I mean, I I knew people. Like when I was living in Oak Harbor, uh, Andy with Andy Rollheiser and Melissa. Uh, Van Ness, like our house was like kind of the party house in town, but and we had rules like you could only smoke weed. Like if you brought anything else, you're you're banned. But uh, there were there were people that were hanging out there that uh, that I know of, that I met that died of heroin overdoses. Like yeah, me too. It's just weird to think about like in our town, yeah, man. Like, like how we grew up. With... Brother, uh, I'm yeah. trying to think of some other people, but like yeah. Like Shit Andy's freaking bandmate was addicted to heroin for a while. Yeah. Put them on blast, bro. Yeah, as I was saying, I don't want to. I don't want to now, so it doesn't matter. I, I don't want to put in a bunch of. I don't want to put a bunch of people's names out there, but yeah, it's it, it's pretty crazy. And 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 the couple of the people that have died in our in our small hometown have been like very pretty girls that did you know came from decent families, and it's just. You know, there's really no uh, there's really no set standard for who's a heroin addict these days. You know, you get the you get the you get people from the from the suburbs and that shit now. So I feel like this topic has been like a major downer. 
to just like straight heroin talk. <laughs> and now Hems Gems. Sorry. I mean, do do we really need to liven it up a little bit? You you guys want to do some more dirty jokes? (laughs) Tell some more disabled jokes from your 101 fun jokes for disabled people. I got one more disabled joke. It's a little long, but I think you guys will like it. All right. So this dude goes out to the... All right. What? Go ahead. Go All right. ahead. <laughs> this dude goes out to the club with uh, two of his buddies, and they see three girls uh, sitting in the corner, and they're all looking really good. And they're like, "All right, let's do this shit." Uh, and they go out. They go out, and the, the the first two friends hook up with uh, the other two girls. They're dancing, and the the main dude notices that uh, the other chick is in a wheelchair, and he's just like, uh, "All right, I'll take one for the team." So he and, her, he and the chick end up getting along great. They're having an amazing time. And his two buddies, they end up leaving with the other two chicks. And, and those girls were this girl's ride. So he's he's like, hey, you want me to, to give you a ride home? She's like, okay, sure. So thankfully his uh, truck was wheelchair accessible. Gets her in there. <laughs> and they're driving to her place. And she's like, wait a second. You want to you wanna pull over into the park? And he's like, okay. So they pull over and she leans over and kisses him. And then she's like, you want to, you want to have sex? And he's like, fuck it. Okay. So they're trying to have sex in the truck and it's not working. You know, the wheelchairs in the way, there's just all kinds of crazy shit going on in there. Um, So she's like, how about we go over to the jungle gym? My arms are pretty strong. I can, I can hold myself up and you can just fuck me there. And it's like, okay. So, he bangs the shit out of her on the jungle gym. And it was awesome. Best sex he's had in his life. What the fuck? Did he tell you? And then he gets her back in the truck, drives her home, uh, and her dad's out on the porch waiting as he pushes her into the house. And the dad's like, hang on a second. And he's just like, oh, shit. So the, and the dad goes, you're a good, you're a good kid. And he goes, why? And he's like, well, most of the guys leave her hanging on the on the jungle gym. <laughs> <laughs> you actually brought her home. I feel like that was a long story for not a, not a good payoff. Come on, yeah. that was good. I mean, the fucking I, payoff I on that the, was The terrible. first part of your story, it starts out as, all right, the guys say, let's do this shit. <laughs> Like, do you guys say that to each other? All right, guys, let's do this shit. Let's go Jesus fucking talk Christ. to these girls. Yeah, you're, you're ridiculous. Hey, what's well, the difference between a, Hey, what's the difference between a, a Catholic priest and a zit? Oh, God. <laughs> a zit will wait until you're 12 before it comes on your face. <laughs> <laughs> See, those are the ones I'm looking for. Quick hitting, right to the point. Super funny and super wrong. <laughs> All right, no more. I don't really have a rant today either. I'm not That's too okay. mad about anything. That's okay. You skip a rant. You don't, you don't hey, want to force a rant. Then you end up with groceries. How about these people, you know, go shop for your own groceries. <laughs> well, last time I talked about population We need control. a plague. We need a plague. <laughs> yeah. You got to have some sort of rant. Come on. 
I have nothing, and I'm not going to force it because it'll be lame. We ran it earlier about what pissed us off in sports, so. Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. I I do have some gems. I got a couple gems. Is it going to be from, like, this year, or is it going to be another three-year-old gem? Oh, Oh, no, no. They'll be this year. They're both this year, so I promise. Have you guys seen this Breaking Bad? Have you heard about this? (laughs) I've never done that. Here we go. Hems gems. All right. In this week's edition of Hems Gems, there are two things that I checked out this week that were super sweet. Uh, first one was a movie, Manchester by the Sea. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, it's got Casey Affleck. Really well done movie. Uh, I don't want to spoil the whole plot, but like something horrible happens to him earlier in his life, and and then he has an opportunity for redemption. There's just a whole lot of like emotional shit going on. It won. It got nominated for like a bunch of best picture stuff this uh for the past 2017 Oscars. So, highly recommend checking it out. It's really good. If you have Amazon or Prime, you can just watch it uh online. So, on their like version of Netflix and shit. And then other one is another comic book. It's uh The Vision. I don't know if you've seen uh, Avengers, like Age of Ultron, the Vision dude, the red dude with the big fucking gem in his forehead. Yeah. But uh, they, they they brought out a comic about Vision, and it is insanely good. It's and it's not just a typical, yeah, I'm a superhero, I'm going to save the world. Like, it's about him being kind of corrupted. Like, he always talks, I'm the Vision, I've saved the world 37 times, and this is what caused my downfall. Uh, like a whole bunch of fucked up shit happens to him and it leads to like almost the world getting destroyed type of situation. It's amazing. Really well done. I, I, it's only like two uh, trades worth of reading. So it's not like going to take you forever to read, but it's really good. So highly recommend I, the, the vision. I feel like the Marvel universe in terms of movies has just gotten super overwhelming and there's, just way too many movies to where they're trying to fit, like they're trying to make them fit together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they oh, just I, I know what you mean. Trailer for for Black Panther, like they're gonna yeah. be coming out with that. Like I just feel and like then Infinity Spider-Man. War Avengers is gonna have like Doctor Strange and all kinds of the new new heroes. Yeah, they, uh, they're coming out with a new Spider-Man movie too, which is like kind of fucked up because they were supposed to have what's that? I said third time to try. Yeah, third third reboot. No, but I actually like I like the way they didn't even even finish the second trilogy. They just scrapped the third movie for the second one. It was so bad. The second movie was so bad they just went fuck it. It was horrible. I just hope that we don't have to. I feel like every time they do it though, they go through the whole origin story. And the first movie is like a complete waste because they just keep on telling the same story over and over again. Well, so I like this that... one because it brings in like Tony Stark and like how like his 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 Spidey suit looks like it's it's made by Stark Industries. It's badass. It like yeah. it, he puts it on, it's like baggy, and then he presses this button, and it like like sucks to him, and like yeah, yeah it, you like it, it, you like those like high schooler skin tight. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's just one of those lanky Spider-Man. You can just tell that 
If you didn't have powers, you could just really take advantage of them. What, Sharp? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, no, but that looks good. I think it looks good. I, I, I like Transformers, too. I'm excited Dude, for the new Transformers. Oh, yeah. I'm never excited about Transformers. I just, I just, had, a, I mean, I just had a conversation just... about this with Cassie last night that it's just way too overdone at this point. And they say it's the final the final Transformers, yeah, right. which... The last Bullshit. night, bro. As long as as long as Michael Bay's making half a billion dollars every time he makes one of these shitholes, he's gonna keep doing it. What do you guys think is the best superhero movie ever? Ever. Damn. Mine's uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay. Dark Knight. Yeah. Definitely is really good. Actually, uh, for I Mar- really dig. For, like, for DC, you're... I'd go Dark Knight. For Marvel, I'd go Spider Man Two. Like with Doctor Octopus, uh-huh. that one was sick, and maybe Captain America Two, uh, Winter Civil Soldier. War. Or, I mean, no, I yeah, we, like I was the a original huge Batman Soldier. dude with like Jack Nicholson as the Joker and oh, was, that, like, was, Tim, that, Tim that was Tim Burton style. Yeah, no, that was back when that was yeah, Tim Burton like, at his best. Dude, Henny, yeah, sure. I'm really happy that you said that about Winter Soldier because that is definitely one of my favorite superhero movies. I hype that movie up all the time. I love the nope. overall theme of it about uh, them like spying on everyone and wanting to take out like everybody that's that could be a threat. Like there was like so many good overarching themes of it too. Oh, it wasn't yeah, just the original Captain America the original. with his next threat. Do you remember when GSP fought? Iron Man was fought badass him? too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the original Iron Man was awesome too. They did a good mm-hmm. job with that. But I love John Favreau ne- directed that, and yeah. I thought yep. it was just going to go so well. And like I thought that yeah, he told an awesome story, stuff. and then yeah, and then they, I think they got like a new director for the the follow up ones, and they had Mickey Rourke and fucking I don't know. There was just the Mandarin real yeah. fast. I I think that once my bird. Guardians of the like, Galaxy has been spectacular. Both of no, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see the second one, but the oh, what, what I like about one Dark might Knight be even better. The Dark Knight was for me because I think mm-hmm. this is just my personal opinion, but I think Heath Ledger's Joker is is the best character of I've ever seen in any movie. Period. I think that I'm not just talking about superhero movies. I think Heath Ledger's Joker it was the most well acted, perfectly done character I've ever seen in any movie. Period. Man, and and you, I think how many like a lot of his stuff was super script, like unscripted too. Like a lot of his reactions and mannerisms. Yeah. I it's think just, that's it why was it made so it so amazing. Good. Like yeah. I watched, I watched the Joker scenes like on YouTube all the time. Like when I'm driving, just if I'm if I think about the movie, it's just like when the when Batman interrogates <laughs> the Joker. I'm serious. When yeah. Batman inter- interrogates the Joker, that that scene is just so amazing. It's like one of the best acting scenes I've ever seen in my whole life. So you and watch it like, when you're driving, putting other people's lives at risk? Yeah, because I'm watching East Ledger do his thing. <laughs> I, can, I love when he's like, he's like, that, that's, you're civilized to, people, they'll eat each other. You're <laughs> circling back to the drug talk now. Like, that's no. a good tie-in, overdose and on drugs. Oh, yeah, with him? Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a shame, but damn, that movie was good, and that acting job was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but all right, guys. Yeah, I'm good. Yep. I, I gotta think put we, this. Uh, uh, I gotta put this on my IMDb page as 
one of my credits co-hosts for the <laughs> At Odds podcast. Dude, we love you, Colin. <laughs> Dude, all right, all right. Well, we're going to have to let you go. We're going to finish this up. All right, later, guys. There we go. Later. Bye. All right, All right Hemi. Good show, All buddy. Right. Real good show. That went a lot better than I was expecting because I didn't do a shit ton of research on, like, the steroids and the weed, but I thought we had some really good opinions. We had some good phone calls, a lot of good discussion, some good chats, oh, yeah. shit going it's good on. to get candid. It's good to get candid, you know what I mean? Just get, get shit off the top of your brain. So, yeah, man, so – Everybody, just start following us on 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 Facebook, uh, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. Well, you got Twitch. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put all of our jokes from uh, this episode in like a special YouTube segment. So I think that'll be really funny. <laughs> oh yeah, all my all my disabled jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hey, and yeah, for everybody that's listening and will listen, um, me and Brian were starting to talk about we're gonna start getting better at on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, linking articles and giving our a quick little headpiece opinion on it. And we're also going to write, um, you know, our own article WordPresses and, and, you know, opinion pieces from our, from our own uh, opinions based on topics going on and give you guys some more content to read and, you know, just, just kind of, you know, take into this the next step, you know? Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back same time, same place next week, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. Don't miss it. Oh, what, what way do you want to go out this time, Sharples? we got three three options. Um, Let's go the last one we did, Stars. All right. Bag Raiders, baby. Let's do this shit. All right.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.